Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you're joining me today. And if you are listening live, then we are really looking forward to a good week. And we're going to be praying that God is giving us a successful week, a peaceful week, and a week that is endurable, right? So today we are doing a special little hour, whole entire hour on the word no. Making friends with the word no or the power of no. However it is that you think about the word no. Because many times it has such a negative connotation, but it can actually be something that creates a better life for us and increases safety and helps us also to be everything that God has called us to be. So let's look at the first time the word no was ever spoken or recorded. And that's Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. And it says, But you are not to eat from the tree of, the, of knowledge of good and evil, because you will certainly die during the day that you eat from it. So do not. No is the word for the tree of knowledge. And when we look at this, we can generally extrapolate from that that obviously God was saying, don't do this. This is not safe for you to do because you're going to die if you do this. And I don't know about you, but how many times have you said to your kids, no? And you say no, generally, for safety reasons. You know, don't run out in the street. You could die. Don't drink the poison. You know, no to these things. No to poison. No to running out in the street. No to eating from the tree of knowledge. So the second very specific no was the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments were written by God upon two tablets of stone. Then they're given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Now, most scholars date this event around the 13th or 14th century BC. So God gave the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments to the Israelites shortly after they left Egypt. So they leave Egypt and they're now starting their life. They're starting their new life. They're free. They're free. So I think you can relate to this as, as humans. If we're set free, why would there be any no's? Why would anybody say no? We're free now. So the record of the Ten Commandments is found in the Bible. And it's Exodus 20, verse 2 through 17. And also in Deuteronomy chapter 5, 6 through 21. And these are commandments of, of what not to do. He's saying no to these things. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall keep the Sabbath holy, honor your father and mother, 
do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness against your neighbor, and do not covet. So when we think about this and how interesting it is that God had to tell the people this, see, we just kind of assume that everybody knows you're not supposed to do those things. But he's seeing these Israelites as little children. They've been in captivity for thousands of years. So they're set free. So God is saying, hey, you're going to have a great life, wonderful freedom, as long as you are willing to say no to certain things. So what I found very fascinating is God changed his tact in the New Testament. Because all through the Old Testament, it was no, 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 don't do this. And what we find in the New Testament, there's a third edict from God, and this is through Jesus. And it was a big yes. He said the law that fulfilled all the no's, maybe we would hear it better if he said yes. So it's more expansive. It's more liberal. It doesn't have as many details to it. And it simply says, here's the new law. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, when we look at that verse, this is Matthew 27 through 39. When we look at that verse, What Jesus is doing is he's saying, okay, I'm the life for you. I am life. So I am giving you life. So if no is a big downer, do not, do not, do not, do not, I'm going to give you the yes. Just do this. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart and you obey that commandment and you love your neighbor as yourself, then you will fulfill all the Ten Commandments and all the Levitical law that would apply to our current day. So God is always looking out for us. When he tells us to do things, it's not because he loves, he's this big control freak. I mean, he, he, he has the whole entire universe and whoever knows whatever else he's doing. So he says no because of safety. And many times we think, we think it's to bind us up, to steal fun from us. Now, think about that. That is kind of an immature way of thinking. That's how teenagers often feel. When we're trying to keep them safe so they get into adulthood. So what I want you to think about is, if it's to keep us safe, keep us safe enough to enjoy all the yeses that we're allowed to have in our life. Because if we can't say no, If you can't effectively, honestly, wisely, wholeheartedly say no, you can't say yes. Because yes and no are different sides of the same coin. They go together. They work together. They're not independent from each other. I choose which side of the coin best fits the circumstances that I'm presented with. So this was a revolutionary thought for me. Now, maybe this is not revolutionary to you, but it bodes repeating because this is a really, really important life skill to have. 
to understand that yes and no are not in opposition. They work together. They're the same, they're, they're the, uh, the same coin, two different sides. So let's look at this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So I can say yes to some things that people should probably say no to. And I say no to some things for me that other people can say yes to. So this is that, that very important verse that says, hey, everything is permissible. Do whatever you want to do. I created you to be highly intelligent people. I'm telling you, do whatever you want to do. But not everything is constructive. You have to decide as an adult, what is constructive for me to do? If God is saying, go for it, do whatever you want to do. But if you don't do the things that are constructive and helpful for you, you're going to harm yourself. And that breaks that edict that Jesus said when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. So he's counting on you to take care of you. So the same way that you're gauging what's good for your kids, you're gauging what's good for your pets. I gauge what's good for my clients and my patients. So I may say to someone, you know what? I think you might want to consider saying no to yourself on that one. It hasn't seemed to go well for you. No matter how many times you've tried, it doesn't work. So what, what can you say yes to? What are the things that are good for you, that create life for you? So let's look at that same verse in the New Living Translation. It says, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for me. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. So I want you to ask yourself, what was it like growing up for you? How did your parents handle the word no? Were your parents legalistic? Were they too permissive, too arbitrary? Like one day you could do this, the next day you weren't allowed to do it. Were they contradictory? Were they unbending? Were they unwilling to reason with you? How did they set limits? How did they make rules? And how did they enforce them? And ask yourself, do you want to be like your parents? See, if God is our father, it's an amazing feeling. We want to be like that parent. We want to be like our father. But we may not want to be like our earthly parents. Maybe our earthly parents are wonderful, phenomenal, even though they're mistake-making, they're very admirable people. So maybe we really want to aspire to that. But if we don't like the way our parents did things, I don't want to be like my parents, then sometimes I might do the exact opposite. Instead of really form formulating what's best for me. So ask yourself, why were there rules in your family? Why would God establish rules? 
and ask yourself what consequences were used when I was growing up. How was I consequenced? Was I consequenced? Did my parents take the time to consequence me? Were they thoughtful when there was consequences? Or did I have to learn through natural and logical consequences? This will have a great deal to do with how you parent yourself, how you parent your kids, how you manage your employees, your pets, your friends. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We're coming up on a commercial break. Make sure you hang in there and come back with me. We're going to talk more about the power of no and introducing that into your life on a daily basis. Talk to you soon. I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Glad that you're joining me today. And make sure, if you're just tuning in right now, that you can listen to this whole entire hour in its entirety on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Just go to the, the um, first page, and at the top of the page, you'll see a radio link. It'll take you right there to the podcast. So we're talking about the power of no, of making no your best friend. Because for the majority of us, no has always been negative. And this is where we want to actually understand that no and yes are friends. They work together. They're, they're, they're opposite sides of the same coin. So they're not in opposition to one another, and they are not separate from one another. So I found this quote that I really love, and it's, it's called, it says, wild, wild wisely, no is an instrument of integrity and a shield against exploitation. It often takes courage to say it. It is hard to receive. But setting limits sets us free. And I think that's very, very important because when you look at the Garden of Eden, when Adam was, was created and then Eve followed, there were no rules. There were no rules. Except don't eat from the tree of knowledge. God said, no, no. That's a big no. We know now that God was really doing that for their safety because this was a disaster. As soon as they ate the apple, it threw us into a completely different direction than God wanted the whole entire creation to go. So I want you to think about this idea of limit setting, that this is what no does. It takes courage to say it. It's hard to receive, but setting limits sets us free. So there comes a moment when you might be able to finally say, hey, don't call me. And you finally mean it. When you return the charming gift because you, were, you forced yourself to acknowledge its invisible strings, you knew there were strings attached. Or when you turned down your friend's request for a helping hand. And you tried hard not to feel guilty. Even the teenage son's expectation that dinner will appear before him, all because you have goals of your own. You have goals of your own. And you might refuse to, to kowtow to this teenage son who you've taught how to make his own dinner. 
So whether trivial or tormenting, each of these moments is this exercise in that poorly understood power, namely the power of no. See, there's a lot of talk and a lot to be said for the power of yes. Because yes supports risk-taking, courage, an open-hearted approach to life, whose grace cannot be minimized. But no, the word no, it's a metal grate that slams shut the window between oneself and the influence of others. And it is rarely celebrated. It's this hidden power because it's very easily understood and it's difficult to engage. So no is easily confused with negativity. And that's the key right there, is that no is used to attain freedom and to set free as much as yes is giving me freedom. So it's likely that we're unaware of the strength we draw from no because it's really hard to do and it takes a lot of effort and it's easily confused again with negativity and so we either involve a turning away a shaking ahead firm refusal and there these are very distinctly different psychological states when you're saying no it's a very different psychological state than when the state you're in when you're saying yes so let's look at what negativity really is and see if it really matches the word no. Negativity is a chronic attitude. It's like a pair of emotional glasses through which you see some people get, you know, this cloudy view of the world. A negativity expresses itself in whining perfectionism. It's like petulant discontent. It's this risk-averse naysaying. It's the E-or approach to life, right? Oh, it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. So negative people often, you know, throw a wet blanket on the enthusiasm of others. They rarely inspire anyone to action. See, negativity, negativity ensures that you're, you're not going to be pleased. But you will also not be powerful. If your negativity is an ongoing attitude, oftentimes we use that as a shield. We think it's protecting us. So no is a moment of clear choice, though. It announces, however indirectly or directly, something affirmative about you. Such as, I will not sign. I will not join your committee or help with your kids review that project. I'm committed to something important, another important project of my own. Count me out. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not in agreement. It's not in my value system. I don't have time. I'm taking care of my health. I need to say no. But many of us are afraid to say no because we don't want to let people down. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We don't want them to have negative feelings. We don't want them to not like us. But what happens is they may still like us, but they have no respect for us. So I want you to think about the things you need to say no to. You, mean, you may need to say no to different proclivities. 
overeating, drinking, watching too much TV, refusing, you know, to, to exercise. You may need to say no to oversleeping. You may need to say no to speeding. Because these things, we always say no to things that harm us, are not good for us. Remember, God's depending on you to care about the one he loves. And that's you. You need to be a priority in your own life. That's not being selfish. And we've talked at length on this show about if Jesus did not have good boundaries, if Jesus was unable to say no, even to good things, there were people that needed healing, and he said no. Because he knew if he could not say no, he would not have the energy, the will, the strength, and the courage to say yes to the cross. So I want you to think about, does your no mean no? Or does your no mean an invitation for someone to change your mind? There are some people that just say no all, off the bat all the time. They always just say no first. Because they're wanting people to convince them or talk them into something. Well, that's not what the word no is for. See, they're afraid they're going to be talked into something they don't want to do. So they immediately say no as a way to protect themselves. When it doesn't work that way. The healthier way is to simply say, tell me what you're thinking and I'll think about it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We are talking about the power of no. So join me on the other side and we are going to talk more about does your no mean no? And we're back with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me today. I always want to remind you to check out the website. We have lots of things on the website, and we have all the podcasts. So if you're just joining in, can't listen to the show in its entirety, you can always go to the website. And the first page, just go to the top, click on the radio button, it'll take you right there. So we left off at that half-hour segment on Does Your No Mean No?, or is it an invitation to change? Invitation for someone to talk you into something. An invitation for someone to try to change your mind. So the New International Version, I love this, says all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Because the evil one loves to manipulate, loves to twist and to tangle. So we really want our yes to be yes and our no to be no. The New Living um, Translation says it like this, just a simple, yes I will, or no I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one, which means, this is interesting, no I won't, and then you go into a long dissertation of why you won't, because you're trying to justify your no, instead of believing your own word no. So what I want you to really be practicing is understanding that if you say no and you feel guilty, this is what we call false guilt. It's false guilt. Because you are, you are your own agency. You are, you, are in, 
you're responsible for your own life. You are going to be answering to God for your life. You're not answering to the people around you regarding your life. You're answering to God. So you want to be God-honoring. And when you're God-honoring and honoring yourself, in the long run, you will actually be truly honoring others. And in the short run, you may be honoring others. They may not realize it. But you don't want to say yes and really not mean yes, because that is a lie. And that's false. So learn to only use no if you mean it and if you're willing to stand by it. Otherwise, you disempower yourself to yourself and to others. So if you want to say no and you feel afraid or you feel uncomfortable, just hit the pause button or, the, or wait and say, hey, I need to think about that. I'm going to get back to you. Or I need to think more about it. I need to think on it. Let me check it out. Now listen, this is important. If you're pressured to respond immediately, that's usually a red flag indicating that no is really now the best answer. Because honest, legitimate people that receive the word no, respect it. If you, are tr if you have someone that's trying to talk you out of the word no, and they're giving you all the reasons why you shouldn't say no, and you're feeling pressured to cave, that's when you know that the word no is probably the most important word you could say because it's going to save you a lot of heartache. So the, the word no, that is an af it's an affirmation of self implicit and it acknowledges personal responsibility. It says that while each of us interacts with one another and loves and respects, we value those relationships. We do not and cannot allow ourselves to be influenced by them. The strength we draw from saying no is that it then underscores the hard truth of maturity. It says the buck stops here. I am adult enough, I'm strong enough to handle your disappointment when I say no. Practice no. Practice saying the word just so that you know what it feels like in your mouth. This is both a tool and a barrier by which we can establish and maintain the distinct perimeter of self. See, no says, this is who I am. This is what I value. This is what I will and will not do. This is how I will choose to act. We love others. We give to others. We cooperate with others. We like to please others. But we are always, at the core, a distinct and separate self, which means we need no to carve out and support that space. No recognizes that we are our own agents of our own limits. And for most of us, this self-in-charge and wholly responsible person is very powerful, maybe lonely sometimes, but very adult and has an adult awareness. And what happens is the ability to tolerate loneliness if you say no always opens up the door for better relationships. So join me on the other side as we, as we finish this hour on the amazing word no and that it is truly one of your best friends. 
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next in, in the next hour. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And we are talking about this word, no. And that no oftentimes implies negativity, when really no is your best friend. It's the safest word God gave you, is to say no. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine if in the Garden of Eden, when Satan, the serpent, is enticing Eve to eat that apple, And she said, no. Oh my gosh, what would the world be like right now if Eve said no? Now, I'm not, I'm not, you know, dissing Eve because if I were there, I don't know if I would have said no. I don't think any of us would have said no. But imagine what it would be like if she said no. So there's some general guidelines. There's five situations that I'm going to talk to you about that benefit from increasing strength to say no. The first one is when it keeps you true to your principles and values. You will always feel better about yourself, even if you feel lonely, if you are true to your own principles and values. Because what it does, if you are true to your own principles and values and you say no, you will end up, you will find out that you will start weeding out people in your life that probably shouldn't be there. And you will open the door to people that are more like you. See, it's a beautiful thing. So what else does it do? The word no, it protects you from the cheerful exploitation by others. It's remarkable how much some people will ask you, even demand from you, Things for which you yourself would never dream of asking. Do you know people like that? Like sometimes you're shocked. I can't believe they're asking me to do that. I can't believe they're asking that. So no, protects yourself best from the many who feel entitled to ask by being, real, by being strong enough to be firm, to be clear, to be calm. It protects you. Paying attention to your own feelings, paying attention to your own values, your own goals in life, helps to say the word no to things that are going to detract you and deter you from what God has planned for you. Think about driving from Phoenix to Tucson, and you have someone sitting next to you in the driver's You're in the driver's seat, they're sitting next to you. And every single time an exit comes up, they want you to take the exit you know the goal is Tucson. Now, you can take every exit that the person asks you to take and eventually get to Tucson. But what a waste of time. So if you as the driver don't have the power to say no to the the person sitting next to you, when you get to Tucson, you'll be so upset, miserable, mad, and it would have taken so long that you will end up not even liking the person at all that sat next to you. So one of the ways we even protect people is to say no to them. Because if I don't say no to them, I might not like them anymore. So think about how important this is. So no, the word no keeps us focused on our goals. 
it keeps us really truly focused on where we know God is asking us to be and directing us to be so that we don't take those detours. So if I say no to eating a bowl of M&Ms because I'm working on making sure that I'm eating healthy, right? Not that I'm saying no because I'm on a diet to lose weight and that's the only goal. The goal is health. The goal is, is taking care of the body God gave me. The goal is being the best version of me. So if I say no to the M&Ms, that no keeps me focused on my goals. That no helps me not detour to M&Ms. It also, when we use it, it protects us from the abuse of others. Sadly, our most important relationships often invite our ugliest communications. And that's because the people closest to us arouse super strong emotions in us. And in part, it's because they are the people we fear losing the most. And see, fear is a brother, a sister to the word no, many times. Fear can sap the strength we need to say no, just when we need that power the most. So let's take an example, a mean adult daughter, case in point. We'll say her name is Margaret. She insists that she loves her mother, but she also finds her mother irritating, offering her, the grandchildren, her children, too many snacks, giving Margaret useless, anxiety-driven device about health, bad weather, or spending. So Margaret gets irritated. She snaps. She's rude. Maybe she says, shut up to her mother insulting or she's downright mean she's derisive she's contemptuous to her mother and the frequent assaults verbal assaults hurt her mom deeply and her mom complains bitterly right often to other family members so despite the support of her family mom never draws a line with margaret herself she just puts up with it and she feels unable to because she thinks, oh, this is my daughter. If I tell her she's not allowed to speak to me that way, maybe she'll never speak to me again. Maybe I'll never get to see my grandkids. So this is why we need to recognize the power of no is if the mom would stand up to the daughter, there is the, the distinct possibility that the daughter might rise to the occasion. And that's a great example for the grandkids. If the daughter does not, then the mom will be able to recognize that in front of those grandkids, she took a stand. So those grandchildren know that the behavior of their mother is wrong. And eventually, actually the relationship has a greater possibility of healing so when, the, the, other t the other thing that the word no is very, very useful for is when you need strength to change course. Like, let's take, for example, the invitations to the wedding, they're in the mail. The impending marriage we know is a mistake. 
So the job looks good to the rest of the world, but it's making you sick every morning when you wake up thinking you're going to take it. Your family sacrificed to pay tuition, but law school doesn't fit you. You want to go into something more creative. So when you find yourself going down the wrong road, because you don't want to disappoint the people around you, no is the power necessary to turn yourself around and others. Think about that first example I gave you. The invitations are in the mail. The impending marriage is a mistake. But you've already spent so much money on putting together this, this wedding. Everybody's already coming. Everybody sees you as a couple. And you know in your gut it's a mistake. And you didn't say no way back when you should have. Well, what I want you to think about is, what's worse? Saying no, and temporarily everybody's upset, and everybody then gets over it and we all move on with our lives? Or saying yes when you should say no, and being in the wrong marriage for a long time, and having children, and those children having to suffer from the poor marriage. So we need to have the strength to say no especially if we've let something go too far because we wanted to please the people that we love and care about. The problem is getting ourselves to do it. And we need to be assess accessing the power of the Holy Spirit that requires and helps us overcome that huge obstacle. And that is dishing out the word no. So dishing it out, it's not necessarily a warm send. It's tough to deliver because we have this gut sense of how we think it's going to be received, and we think it won't be received well. And I'll tell you the truth. When I was really learning how to do this, it was really scary because I'm kind of a nice person, and I really like peace and harmony, and I like everybody to be happy, right? And so when I had to learn to say no, it was frightening very anxiety-provoking, but I knew I needed to do it, and I'm very glad that I did, because it streamlines my life. It makes my life simpler, and I've learned how to say no in a way that is not as, as, as uh, troublesome for other people, because I feel comfortable saying it. I know why I'm saying it. I believe in why I'm saying it, and I know it's best for all of us. And so I'm able to tolerate, as an adult, the disappointment of others. This is why it's so important to, to be able to recognize, why am I saying the word no? I want you to be very clear why you're saying no. So that when you start getting pressured, people start questioning you, you actually have an answer. And you can say things like, you know, I didn't just jump to this conclusion right now. I didn't just jump to no right now. I've thought a lot about this. And I'd be more than happy to tell you why, but I've thought a long time about this. I've given it time. I'm very confident that no is what I need to say. And I'm sad that it's not the answer that you want. But in the long run, it's going to be better for me, and it will be better for you. And you practice that. 
So when you're pressured, you say, I need some time. I really do need some time because that's a, that is a, a, when you say, I need time to think about this, you're essentially saying your first no to somebody. You're saying, I need to think about that. And when you think about it, you want to say to them, and I'm going to get back to you tomorrow morning or later tonight. I need a day. Or you know what? I'll get back to you in an hour. I can probably figure this out. And so it's very helpful for the people that are asking that you give a time frame and that you honor the time frame. So if you still haven't figured it out, you call them up, you say, you know what? I need another hour. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still grappling with this. So that they know that when they get an answer from you and the answer may be no, they have a much more respect for you and trust you. See, no hurts, and we all know that. Whether it's reasonably required, like I can't lend you my car because I'm not insured for other drivers, it still hurts. When we say no, the relationship's not working out, I need to tell you that before we go any farther, I don't, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's not working for me. It's painful to do, but it's so very beneficial to others and to ourselves. Think of how beneficial the word no was for Adam and Eve, and they didn't use it. So make sure you rehearse it. Talk it out with a trusted friend. And really ask God to give you the words to say that will bring clarity and truth and peace. Learn to say no to you, to others, to children, to pets, right? No is your best friend. It's got a lot of power. And God gave it to us for a reason. And the reason was for our safety. Always for our safety. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a great week this week. I look forward to talking to you on Sunday. Check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Jeremy, you are the best. Thank you. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.